2: Hello, just a quick note, there were some weather disturbances for a couple of us, I think, and so some of the audio is a little funky on this because of the weather stuff and you'll also hear like thunder in the background, so I apologize for that, but I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And this week, I am joined by two of the sexy ladies. We're missing the third one because the third one doesn't do horror because she's a wimp. Love you, Meg. I'm just kidding. around. I love
0: you. I'm going uh, to apologize for that
1: weenie. <laughs> you know, she's a
0: little bit of a wussy when it comes to the horror. It's okay. We love yes. her.
2: <laughs> but I do have Carla from Bedwetter Behead Pod and Tiff. So I'm very excited to have both of you with me this week. We were supposed to have Sasha on this episode, but unfortunately, Sasha couldn't make it. And on Friday, we are going to continue Horror Month with, once again, we're doing it a little bit different because of the strikes, which one has been resolved, but there's still the sack after a strike. Uh, But we're going to be talking about, basically, we're going to be talking about why we like to be scared. Like, what is it about fear that we like? And so we're going to be talking a lot about that. On our Friday episode. But before we get to that, let's get into some pop culture
1: and fandom news.
2: So first, what I'd like to know, Carla, is what are you into right now?
1: Before I get into what I'm into, Aaron, I want to give you a very important update on the status of my crush on all around white guy Shane Top from Smosh. And that is only their only update is that this, uh, Absolutely unnatural crush, continues unabated, and has now spread because sometimes these diseases, they do spread. It has now spread, unfortunately, to one of my own, to my sister. She is now also, she has fallen prey to the Shane Top crush disease. And it is very unfortunate, as I said, but what are you going to do about it? You know, there's, there's just no cure at this point that we can see. So moving on to what I am actually into. That is more of a voluntary thing where there is more consent into me being into this thing is the the book, The Fraud by Zadie Smith. It's a very interesting book. It came to my attention because my husband sent me an article about it. I I just, I never would have naturally come across this book on my own, but it's, it's a new release. So it just came out. If you look for it in your library, just know that it might be a while before you get it if you put a hold on it. I found this out the hard way. But it's based on real historical events. Based on. But this, this story is told through the eyes of Miss Mrs. Eliza Touche, who is the cousin of a famous novelist. Now, these two people existed. But where it becomes a fictional telling is that Eliza Touche passed away long before most of the events of this story unfold. And like I said, it's told through her, through her eyes. So this famous author is now in decline in popularity and health. And she is, she has a lot of interests. She is uh, very much into literature, justice, abolitionism, um, class. And she's also very much into her cousin. They're not like, blood related. This is through her marriage to his cousin, that they were cousins. And also she's interested in his wife. So it's a very interesting book made more interesting by the fact that it involves this very long um, trial that happened in England in the way back whens, the way back whens being sometime in the 1800s, like the 1870s. And you learn a lot about the I don't know. Read the book. It's really interesting. (laughs) But to me, what's most interesting about this is that a lot of it focuses on the, um, on Jamaica and the, the sugar trade and slavery and how this woman positions her oppression against the oppression of like actual enslaved people and how she's like, Oh, we're suffering. We're suffering similarly. It's like, ma'am, we are not. But It's uh, particularly like the last few chapters are really, I I don't know, like when you read it, because I'm sure some of you will, when you read it, there's a lot to be said about white feminism and looking at issues that are brought upon Black people through the eyes of quote unquote well-meaning white women. So it's a very interesting read.
2: And Tiff, to... I have been
0: reading. I started reading. I'm um, about halfway through a an a biography by David Moranis on um, the very famous athlete Jim Thorpe, who was, um, of course, the most well known athlete of the earliest twentieth century is also um a native as well, uh indigenous, and it's called Pathlet by Lightning, the Life of Jim Thorpe. And it's very detailed. It goes into his um his backstory, his birth in Oklahoma. He actually died in California in the fifties. And there's a lot of um <laughs> Jim Thorpe could be called like an unreliable narrator because a lot of his life is there's a lot of misinformation, <laughs> the out there when it comes to his life, but uh really interesting book. It goes in depth about how he was basically hung out to dry by, um, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of, you've all heard of Pop Warner football, uh, like for, you know, for little kids. Uh, uh, that's what they play when they're in like youth leagues. Well, he was coached by Pop Warner, by the man, Pop Warner. That was his football coach when he was at the Carlisle school, uh, the Carlisle Indian school way right back when. And he's basically hung out to dry when somebody complained about him being a professional when he competed in the Olympics. And, you know, of course, back then you we were not supposed to be, it was amateur athletics. Somebody made a stink. Somebody made a fuss because he played minor league baseball, which everybody knew that he had played minor league baseball. It was not a secret. He used his real name. It was all over the, you know, he played minor league baseball in North Carolina. The papers all covered it because it's like, Oh, Jim Thorpe is playing, you know, the most famous athlete in the U S is playing baseball in our little town. It was not a secret, but they hung him out to dry. And this goes in depth about what happened after that, how his career rebounded from that, what path. I mean, because honestly, he was a track and field athlete. He was a football star. He was a baseball star. He ran the gamut. He could do it all. So it's interesting. David Moranis, "Packed of Lightning, The Life of Jim Thorpe is the book. So it's a nice, uh, it's a nice beach read. If anybody goes to the beach? It's one of those. Go up to the mountains, you know, sit down with your Vino and in an Adirondack chair and get into it.
2: Awesome. Um, well, I had a really hard time coming up with anything for this, honestly, for this week was really difficult. So (laughs) what I'm going to mention in this is because I've had a couple other people mention that they are supposed to be doing this stuff too. So I thought I would mention it and it kind of works into this kind of not, and I'm kind of into it and kind of not because I'm not very good at it, but self-care and using like Writing, you know, speaking of books and writing, but writing as a form of therapy and self care and stuff, and it's been something that um I struggle with i i really it's one of my biggest issues is doing anything for myself I just don't i frankly don't i it doesn't compute in my head that that's something that's okay to do it's a weird fucked up thing I won't get into, but I want to just say, if you can find a a therapist that can encourage you to be okay with using writing, most therapists will be okay with that. But using any form of writing, it doesn't have to be like professional or just journaling, like anything, like, you know, I've, I've had therapists that have been fine with fanfic being used as a form of therapy as well so i'm just putting out there that um you know try and remember to give yourself love and self-care wherever you can find that as long as you're not hurting anybody else you know that whole thing but just trying to do stuff for yourself um when you can and realizing that that's okay because um it's a very very hard life and hard world and so if you can find little pieces of joy or little ways to help yourself navigate those tough waters and the world, then just um, try and do that and know that it's okay. If it's difficult, I understand it's a very difficult thing to do, Um, but it's okay. And it's okay to put yourself first and it's okay to say no to things and it's okay So that's sort of what I'm into. I really honestly had no idea what I was even going to say until about 20 minutes before we started recording. No, I I had no idea what I was going (laughs) to say. Okay, so let's move on to one thing in pop culture or fandom that you are excited, upset, etc. about, Carla.
1: All right, so in all of our talk and thought about the strikes, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA, and now so many other strikes, we have um, the upcoming Kaiser Permanente strike, we have the, um, the auto workers strike, just strikes all over the place. Very important discussions, but specifically regarding Netflix, one thing that I wasn't even aware of is the way that Korean creators and artists are being treated by Netflix. Now, Netflix—if you, you know—if you're just flipping through the recommendations, you'll find a lot of content from India and South Korea, and this is, you know, most famously Squid Game. It's one of the the most famous um, shows that netflix has ever aired in fact squid game increased netflix's value by 900 million because it's to this day i believe it's the most streamed series so you would think that the creators of this show the showrunners the the actors would be seeing some kind of money from that but no netflix's uh, supposed financial uh, obligation began and end when the series was handed over and the series creator was, was paid a flat fee and that's it. There are no residuals for anybody um, involved with Squid Game. And this is the same for all of these South Korean um, shows that Netflix is profiting very handsomely from, especially right now during the strikes, because a lot of people are, you know, it's like, oh, I've seen this, I've seen that. I guess I'll give these Korean, this K-dramas a try. I know a lot of people who are very into K-dramas, and Netflix is one of the best places to find Korean content online to stream. But they are not being compensated fairly, the, the creators, producers, actors, anybody involved with these shows. So there's now a movement by, by a lot of people who are creating these shows, the Netflix ends up snapping up to participate with the SAG-AFTRA strike and to similarly benefit from the, whatever deal is, is reached, which we know that SAG-AFTRA is not going to back down until they get a fair deal. So hopefully these creators from, from South Korea will benefit similarly because they absolutely deserve it. Simply because they also are making content that is bringing revenue to Netflix. And that's just like as a base level human rights thing, but also moreover, because this content has become so popular for Netflix and has gained them so much attention and money. So I, I was just shocked to, to hear about that and to not have realized how, different this how differently the the creators of content from other countries are being treated it's not unexpected because it's just a feature of united states in anything to blend racism and xenophobia into any capitalistic dealing but it's it's extremely disappointing to learn the extent to which these people are being excluded from profiting from something that has been so hugely, hugely beneficial to this entity. And it also shows you that no matter how much you think you are kind of, you know, open eyed and aware of what's going on in the world, there is always some sort of injustice that you do not know about. So nobody can ever claim that they are, Perfectly aware of the world surrounding them, because there will always be something that you're not aware of that you could stand to learn about.
2: yeah, I didn't know about it either until Carla shared something with me about that, so I didn't know about that either but yeah it's it's sadly not surprising, you know, especially you know it's not surprising for a com- a company based in this country to use works that are not created by white people, but use the works for their benefit to make money without doing the hard work or the labor that it, that goes into making those. And so they're making all the money and, uh, you know, it's not surprising. It's just, it's the history of this country. It's the history of, capitalism it's the way it works and yeah i mean yeah it's it's pretty disgusting but it doesn't sadly surprise me but it's true you know you hear from there are so many people that watch these shows and i mean the biggest thing as the consumer to do is you know would be to like if there's contacts there at netflix reach, you know, say this, that, you know, just to say, you know, well, we, we love this content, but we want the creators to be compensated fairly for this content that we love and that we consume because the people that a, a company doesn't care about people, they care about money. So if you can use your, um, sway at all to say something then you should, and yeah. So yeah, I, I had no idea, idea either. So it is a good thing to know. And I will put in the show notes a link to a um, an Instagram reel and other things too. And if Carla, if you have anything else too, you, you want me to put in there, but I'll put a link in the show notes just so that people can be aware because my guess is probably a lot of you aren't aware of this. So just to make you aware of it. And Tiff.
0: so anybody that has spectrum knows that spectrum is a frustrating experience at times. And this goes, I mean, this kind of runs the gamut between any, any stream, not streaming service, but any like cable service that you have or any dish service that you have, because I've had them pretty much. I've had all of them. I've had dish network. I've had direct TV and now I have spectrum. And honestly, the reason I have Spectrum is because I have a bundle. I have I still have a landline. Yes, I have a landline. I live on a hill, people, I don't get great home service on my phone, cell phone. So yes, I have a landline. I have my Wi-Fi and then I have my cable. Well, Spectrum was in a disagreement over the rising costs of what their contract with their contract extension with Disney. So while they were in air quotes negotiations, Every Disney platform was removed from Spectrum. So that's not just Disney Channel, folks. That's also ESPN, ESPN Plus. That's um ESPN Deportes if you like soccer or if you like football. That's also FX Networks as well. And it was my local ABC channel also. So... What I ended up having to do, so Spectrum sends out a notification saying, oh, well, hey, while we're in negotiations, you can have this free trial with some other streaming service called Fubo. So, okay, I download that. And I have to say, it was actually pretty easy. It wasn't a big deal. I have, you know, if you have a smart TV, you can just put it on there with the app. It's no problem. My issue is they did sign a new contract with Disney. So we got the majority of our channels back. But what chaps my hide on this is that why did we not get all of our channels back? So now I have a four-year-old. You all have heard her on this podcast screeching in the background, okay? Well, guess what, folks? She loves Disney Junior. That wasn't brought back. We no longer have Disney Junior. She, so that's whoop, gone. And FX has a movie channel called FXM. Whoop, that's gone as well. So I'm paying for a service, but I'm not getting my full payment for it. I'm not getting what I'm paying for. So, you know, I'm a little bothered by that. I'm a am a, a little peeved. Well, just, just a little peeved by it because the whole process of, you know, Canceling your service and, and re you know and re-upping with somebody else is so tired, so taxing. And I'm lazy and I really don't want to do it now. So <laughs> that's what's chapping my hide right now, folks. That's what's chapping my hide.
2: You know, this seems to happen with every single cable and satellite stuff out there all the time. You'll hear this all the time, like their dish all of a sudden they might lose access because you'll be watching something and it'll scroll. You know, I, I don't, I don't have cable right now, but I know with Xfinity that's happened out here and all that kind of stuff. It's so frustrating because I, I don't, I don't get, I mean, I get it. It's money, it's contracts, all that kind of stuff, but it's just another thing of holding hostage. The regular people out there who are trying to consume this content. It's just another thing of holding the consumer hostage to their whims and to their greed or not greed or whatever. It's just, and this has been going on for decades. I swear this is always an issue with some like satellite provider or cable network. And it's like, can't. This has been going on for decades. Isn't there a way to make this better? I don't know what that would be, but I'm just saying it's just, I don't know. This is why we need a nation. I mean, I know this doesn't, this seems small compared to other things for the nationwide strike, but this is another reason we need a nationwide strike is because it's all part of it. It's all part of the same system. So it's just. uh, It's frustrating. It's frustrating.
0: Every time, like I said, I've had them all and this has happened with every single service that i've had every single one i can go back to i remember i mean i can remember dish network which i had now i had no problems with i actually liked dish network they got into it with at the time with the fox um corporation removed all fox corporation network stuff on their platform and i remember there was a certain something coming on fx I was like, are you kidding me? Because it was right before the season premiere and I could not watch any of it. It did not, that lasted for like close to a year. I literally had to go to my parents' house because they had like, they they had um, charter communications at the time, I think. And I had to go to their house if I wanted to watch it. (laughs) I was so heated. I was so upset. This was a while ago, people. So there was no, you know, it wasn't streaming at the time. (laughs)
2: Well, what I'm excited about is, and it will have been by the time this drops, it was released yesterday on Tuesday, the first episode of the podcast that Jen from my streaming bubble and I have started, Twin It to Win It, Uh, we're not actually twins, by the way, there's our little caveat, people actually think we are twins, but we started a podcast and what we do, there should be a trailer out by now too um, that's been edited finally by me and put together and the first episodes edited. But we are taking a movie once a month and it's a movie that we're not sure how we, how the other one feels about the movie. So it could be a movie we've both seen, could be a movie that only one of us has seen, but we don't know how the other one feels. So we watch it and then we record and we do a guess of, How we think the other one felt about it. And then we discuss the movie and we see if we actually are podcast brain twins. So we're putting our brain twinningness. Yes, that is a word now to the test to see. Our first episode is out. And in the first episode, we talk about we're covering just really independent movies too, by the way, and mainly horror. That's mainly what we're focusing on. Um, and so the first one, and we had Meg who is the third sexy lady. Meg chose the movie we were going to do because Meg will tell you that we would not know each other if it wasn't for Meg. She's responsible for our friendship. I love you, (laughs) Meg. So we went, okay, since you're responsible for it, you get to decide what our first movie is just by the synopsis. And she chose the movie Creep, which is from 2015, 16. It's an older movie. It's a found footage film with um, Mark Duplass. And I should have had it pulled up. Uh, and it's basically just, it's about a creep. And there's very little gore in it and everything. And I'm not going to tell you where you can watch it, but you could find it pretty easy. And so it was a lot of fun recording it. We were totally, you will hear, we were improvising up a storm. We met to record this first episode. And we had nothing planned on what we were gonna do, really. So we just kind of did it. That's the way our trailer went. We met finally last week to record our trailer and we wrote it on the spot. So
1: (laughs) I cannot wait to listen to this. I'm so looking forward to this now, even more than I was before. Yeah, this is amazing.
2: Thank you. I hope I hope everybody likes it. And we already know for October, it's going to be me deciding the movie, a movie that I've seen. Jen hasn't. And then November, it'll be Jen. And then the third month will be like another one that we've both seen. We both had seen Creep or and or one that neither one of us has seen. And the one we're doing for October. And I also want to say this because this will also be something we're going to do in this for this podcast. We're going to do a special Patreon bonus episode. And this is a movie that's very independent. And that's the movie, The Invitation, not the vampire one. Okay. (laughs) This is the cult one. And Jen has not seen this movie. So I was, I'm not going to say what I think about it because that'll spoil our Jen, if she listens to this, but so that'll be the one we're doing for October. So we're going to have an October to win it, to win it, or actually November, sorry to be the first Tuesday in November that that comes out. And so we're going to have a Twin It to Win It episode in November covering that. But in October, you can listen. If you become a Patreon supporter for those three bucks a month, you can hear Carla and I. I don't know if anybody else will be on there. I just know for sure Carla, I'm assuming, will be on this. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff likes this movie too. So if Tiff wants to be on, so, look for more information on that, but please check out that new podcast once again. It'll be released once a month on the first Wednesday of the month. Yes, we changed it. It was going to be, yeah, AKA Tuesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wednesday would have made so much more sense, though. <laughs> well, no,
2: Tuesday, Tuesday, Twinsday. But twins. Okay, never mind. We didn't want to release it on a day that we have our own podcast episodes releasing. So go with our logic here. (laughs) This is what we want to release. It makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes. So look for that, that that is out right now if you're listening to this. So go check that out on all major podcast platforms. Okay, well, for our final thing, I just thought it was important to just briefly mention and talk about the fact that that the Writers Guild strike, the WGA strike, has come to an end. This doesn't mean the Actors Guild strike is has come to an end. It hasn't, but this could mean that it might be easier for the for SAG after us. So it was after like hundred and forty eight days. The WGA finally got something they really wanted to. It wasn't like they were really like just like, uh, guess we got to take something. They were very happy about it. There's like it includes like increases to minimum wage and compensation, increased pension and health funds. Remember, health insurance is the big, huge thing as with SAG-AFTRA as well, because you have to make a minimum of twenty six thousand dollars. Um, I know that's for sure with SAG-AFTRA, to get the health insurance. And that has to be every year. And if you don't, then um, you don't get the health insurance. And um, also improvements to terms of length of employment and size of riding teams, which had been shrinking, uh, better residuals, which are like royalties. So better residuals, including foreign streaming residuals. So that that's interesting too. And then also for AI, uh it doesn't the it, the agreement doesn't prevent writers or productions from making use of AI, but it prohibits using software to reduce or eliminate writers and their pay. So a writer can choose to use AI when performing writing services if the company consents, and provided that the writer follows applicable company policies, but the company can't require the writer to use AI software like chat GPT when performing writing services. So some other great, great stuff in there. And then I wanted to make sure everybody also knew that, um, and this is from SAG-AFTRA themselves, and I want to make sure everybody knows Make sure you are actually paying attention to SAG-AFTRA and what they're saying is going to happen, not what a bunch of other people are saying. Because the same thing happened with the WGA where everybody was like, oh, it's definitely in the can before it was, that kind of thing. But uh, they will be meeting. So this would have already happened. But Monday, October 2nd, because we're recording this on the 1st of October, SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP will meet for bargaining. So... Fingers crossed that maybe that strike will be over by the end of this month. That would be incredible. Um, But I just wanted to just mention this. And then, you know, what do you think, because of the fact that the WGA got a lot of what they wanted and got a good deal, what do you think this says about the future of other
1: strikes and then the SAG after a strike, Carla? Starting with a SAG after a strike. I absolutely love the way that the solidarity between the unions played a role in the WGA strike being resolved, because if it hadn't been for the solidarity, I don't think WGA would have made all the gains that they did. It definitely gave them like the leg up that they needed. Also, the way that the internet and social media has played a role in that, because you know, in the the, the, the last time that there was a double strike was back in the 60s. In the 1960s, because now we're in the 2000s, and I have to remember to preface things with 19. But in the, the 1960s, the double strike happened when there was no social media. So there was nobody to call out the lies that may have been hurled about in the media by <clears throat> these corporate giants. But now we have that. We have... Um, particularly I think Adam Conover's Instagram account has been a huge help to people following what was happening during the strike and, um, and bringing to light truths, disputing allegations made by the AMPTP. So that also helps because the court of public opinion is still very important, even if it sometimes may not seem like it, but, it, it really I think that the SAG after strike I think that that the um the, the producers are now aware that they pretty much have to resolve this strike now immediately and benefiting SAG after the way that they want it to to be um to be resolved, because even though the the writers are no longer on strike, they're going to have nothing to film if there are no actors to to film it. And that is one of the most important aspects of this. It's like writers already have so so little power in Hollywood, unless you're like a huge name with a lot of pull. And that is very rare. You don't have a lot of power as a writer in in Hollywood, but actors do because actors are the face of your franchise, of your, of your movie, they're what you're putting on the billboards and the posters. So it's very, it's, it's a a different level of, of power, but at the same time, without the precedent of the WGA strike, you wouldn't have necessarily the hope that Sagaftra would, would gain the benefits that they deserve. As for the other strikes in general, I love that it's, that it's become such a, a bigger movement than I think most people anticipated, even at the beginning of this year. I don't think anybody could have foreseen the way that uh, the, the the fever that became the the striking movement, which is so important. I think people forget the power the strikes have, and often strikes. I mean, strikes are are intended to be disruptive, but people will sometimes look at those disruptions as an inconvenience to them and will blame striking workers for these strikes continuing instead of blaming the employers for not giving proper protections or rights to these employees. And I think that that's one thing that the AMPTP was was banking on, that they could make the the actors and writers look like the bad guys in all of this. But again, with social media, there's a lot more transparency, whether they like it or not. So that's been a huge benefit. Um, so I, I really hope that this ends up benefiting all workers, that all workers everywhere see that there's a power and unity and a power in, in numbers and that they will unite forces to form unions and to use their power to strike to get the treatment that they deserve from employers. Because in a capitalist society, there is never going to be any benefit to the people creating the wealth unless the people creating the wealth demand it because there's no such thing as trickle down. It's always stealing from the top
2: yeah
0: i appreciate you saying that carla about the um the solidarity piece between the unions Erin, i think you mentioned it too it is so important to have that backup by a larger union because a union with that has more power and on surface it does look like okay, WGA and sag after would be kind of even-stevened equal, but like you mentioned, Carla, the actors are the faces of these things. So they're going to have a ton of bargaining power when it comes to what a writer's room could potentially get. It pays, it pays both literally and figuratively for actors and writers to have this kind of like, Symbiotic relationship together, not just for your performance on screen, but also for the performance in your pocket. (laughs) So it, um, I'm happy for the, you know, for the WGA. I'm really pleased that they got what they wanted, especially, especially regarding the health care, the health insurance piece of things, because having that minimum income guideline is such, I mean, that's so hard. That is so difficult because if you are like, you know, air quotes, a working actor and you're doing like commercials and things like that, you're not necessarily going to meet that minimum requirement. That's the, that's the thing. You might just miss it. And if you just miss it, okay, well, whoops, I'm SOL for healthcare, for health insurance this year, and I guess I'll be going to, Urgent care for any needs that I have instead of, you know, what if I need to go to a hospital or anything? Um, or what if I need ongoing care for, you know, a lingering something, a lingering injury? So I do think that that is, um, really a real boom for them for SAG AFTRA. Hey, you know, I mean, keep digging in. Yeah. (laughs) They need you. The studios need you. They can't do anything without you. This is going to teach them that lesson. And like you mentioned, um being able to see this play out like in real time and not having like the studio PR folks put their spin on it consistently. We know exactly exactly what's happening behind the scenes because you know there's whisper, whisper, whispers, unnamed sources, anonymous sources and things like that. So we know the lies and the, um, the back talk and the, the double dealing that the studios have been, uh, constantly and consistently doing. Um, I think AI is one of those things that is just so frustrating, so scary when it comes to content creators and even for actors. You know, I mean, there was when they talked about, I think, uh, there was that article that Keanu Reeves mentioned that he has to put that like in his contract. That they will not, you know, manipulate his image in any way, and I mean that's it, it's one thing to you know like do a little airbrushing. I mean, hey, if I was an actor, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, you can airbrush that out. <laughs> you can get, get rid of that little <laughs> that little double chin or whatever. You can go ahead and and whoosh that part out. Little we'll Photoshop here and there, but manipulating an, an actor's performance is something completely. Uh, what what am I there for? That's kind of how you have to look at it. Like, why am I here if you can just do this for me? And that leads into, um I can essentially be replaced by a computer generated image, you know, by and, and something that's uploaded with emotions, the emotional content that a person has. So I am uh, pleased as punch for the WGA. Stand strong, sag after. We're behind you. Hope you get
2: everything that you want. Not sure how much more I can really add, but um, but I will say I, I do find it very, uh, very hopeful in some way, the fact that so many strikes are happening and so many people are kind of being like, you know what? We actually outnumber the billionaires out there. We actually outnumber them. And the way we have been manipulated and treated horribly and used and abused for so long is because those billionaires have bought everything and they have control in politics, everything. And and I'm not just talking about one side of the aisle here. This is... Both sides of the aisle. This is not just, uh, you know, one side, other side. I mean, yes, one side is definitely better than the other. But at the same time, they have their hand, their hands in the pockets of all the politicians. And that's how they've remained in control because they know that they are not as big in numbers as we are. And so because they know that, they know they have to get control and power. And so seeing so many workers rise up and, um, you know, strike and to hold out for what they really deserve instead of just being like, okay, after a few days, we'll, you know, we'll give in and we'll just do whatever the best offer is. And also remembering a big thing to learn from this strike is before the WGA went back to the table the negotiation they had prior to that the amptp and you know the streamers and everything said that was their final and best offer well clearly it was not their final and best offer so the big thing to learn from that is just because they say it's their final and best offer does not mean it is their final and best offer they are saying that to scare you because if they scare you they can have more control over you they can do what they want to do and keep a bigger Part of the pie, and have more money, and still be able to buy all the yachts they want to buy, and you can just struggle. Um, you know, it's eighty seven percent of SAG after workers do not make that twenty six thousand dollars a year all the time. That's 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 astronomical, right there. Just think about that, and even the people that do most actors, most writers, most people that work in film and television, everything like that, like we've stressed, are not millionaires. Are not rich. So I just and a lot of them have to have other jobs. So I just want to make sure people know that. And the next big strike in the entertainment field that could be happening, I mean that's been approved, is the video gamer strike. So Be aware of that as well. Paula talked about that a lot on last week's episode. So make sure to listen to that too. Um, but yeah, so and of course, we always will support the unions. My sister is going to be on strike here the day this is released. (laughs) That's when they're when Kaiser is going to be going on strike. And that's a huge, huge one. So yeah, and so we'll see. Hopefully that doesn't last a long time, and hopefully they get what they need, is what I mean. Not because they shouldn't ban strike. And a lot of the a lot of healthcare workers and healthcare facilities are severely understaffed, despite what they might tell you. They are severely understaffed. So, okay, well, thank you again to Carla and Tiff for joining me on this week's pop culture and fandom news episode. I really enjoyed this conversation, like I always do. I really love these episodes that we. Now, do, and I hope everybody else continues to enjoy them. So, we're going to go ahead and close out and have everybody say where they can be found. And Carla can tell everybody where her podcast, Bedwetter Behead Pod, can be found that she co hosts with Meg and also her lovely photography and writing and everything. So, take it away, Carla.
1: Thank you, Erin. You can find Bedwetter Behead wherever you get this podcast or Twin It to Win It. I am sure that we are all on the same streaming places. And you can look for our um, social media presence as we occasionally remember that we have a Twitter account at bedwetbeheadpod, as we frequently remember that we have an Instagram account through which to like and post other people's stuff at bed.wet.behead.pod. Also our TikTok account on which we have five TikToks that have grown in popularity because, um, I liked one of them from my other account and that is at pod, You can also look for me and my art and my musings on Instagram at Carla Temis, on TikTok at Carla Temis, where I have one beautiful, amazing TikTok that you should all go see because it is scandalous. It is scandalous. There is so much nudity, um, because sometimes there are uh, pictures of, of animals and they don't generally wear clothing. And that's at Carlatemis. Or you can look at my website where there's the same kind of nudity at Carlatemis.com. Hey, man, sex sells. Okay. I'm just trying to like to have people look at my stuff. <laughs> and that's carlatemis.com C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com. Remember, words and nudity.
2: <laughs> so you're the reason my TikTok page became so steamy because yes. you're one TikTok. You're the reason.
1: I'm bringing the <laughs> porn bots to the yard.
2: Well, thank you, Carla. I, I drew with I drew with my pen to Carla's <laughs> I don't know. So. <laughs> so, Tiff?
0: Now, see, my FYP page and, you know, all of this stuff used to be filled with clothed animals. I just like you to know. Dogs in sweaters. <laughs> cats cats with capes on. And now all I have
1: is naked animals.
0: That's all I see. <laughs> Just naked, just naked, just fur, just fur everywhere.
1: Not even a bandana to be found. You're not even a band- not lighter. even a
0: bandana. You know to hide their kibbles and bits. Not even that. But that's, okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's okay. You know, yeah, like you said, like you said. You know, sex sells. Apparently, you know, so that's fine. That's fine. But you know what? You know, you can if you don't if you don't find me in the club, as Fifty Cent used to say. Then I'm around at who is Tiff is me. Um, yeah, the artist formerly known as Twitter. Um, you can send me something there. Can't say that I'll respond, but I could just to let you know that I might. Um, yeah, I'm on Discord too. I talk to my sexy ladies all the time on there. So yeah, you can find me on that for sure. Yeah, Instagram. I kind of just look at cat stuff, but cats are fun. So yeah, send me a shout on Instagram at who's Tiff is me. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's worldwide.
1: If you want to send Tiff a picture of your kitty, do it on Instagram. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling the people what they want to hear, Tiff. (laughs) And this is exactly
0: why, let me preface things, that I am on private.
2: (laughs) That's so much better than what I was going to say. That was so much. I was just going to say, if you want to send Tiff some clothes, like respectable (laughs) pictures of animals. (laughs) But But the kitty part, that's so much better. Speaking of a dog that she's not... She doesn't like wearing clothing. I apologize. <laughs> but, but Fergie Fergie is a weird one. So you can follow her on TikTok uh, for all her incredibly spicy videos. Um,
3: <laughs> just
0: constantly nude. Just constantly. She's a nudist. Nude. She's a nudist. Well, she
2: wears a collar. Usually she'll have a collar on. God, this is horrible. Okay. (laughs) Follow Fergie anyway at Schroeder and Fergs on TikTok. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. Yes, it is long, but it is worth it. I promise. It's so worth it. Um, Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us via our website, it's a Fandom thing and click the Contact Us button there. That'll shoot me an email, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter today for as little as three bucks a month. You also get a seven day free trial. You get to pretty soon. We are going to be having our second annual Fandom Choice Awards. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get to help determine the nominees. So if you love Carla and Tiff and you want to make sure, and Carla is the reigning winner. She won last year for favorite panelists. Much better. Yeah, too. baby. So if you want to help decide the nominees and you want to make sure Carla and Tiff and Tiff was nominated for, best panelists last year too. So if you want to make sure they're nominated again this year, become a Patreon supporter today by clicking the link in our show notes or the link on the support us page. And you also get ad-free content too. So you know, stick it to capitalism by becoming a Patreon supporter
1: today. <laughs> yeah. It is it is the the only type of capitalism you should be engaging in. Exactly. I will say. This is great capitalism. (laughs) This is capitalism
0: for and by the people.
2: That's very true. Yes. (laughs) On our next episode, we are continuing Horror Month. Not Horror Month. I have a hard time saying certain words, but not Horror Month. I know that goes with (laughs) what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) It depends on what kind of horror, though. That's true. There's some very sex positive horror out there. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about horror -er month. We're going to continue that with a look at, we're going to talk about why we like being scared. Why do we get off on this stuff? I don't know if everybody gets off on it, but (laughs) anyway, I'm going to stop now before (laughs) this gets worse. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter, and Stop Asian Hate.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing.